You're listening to the Awesome Podcast Network. The Awesome Podcast Network presents The Republic City Report, a Legend of Korra podcast. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. Put your hands together for your host, Republic City correspondent, Tim Bridgewater Bender. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 18 of Republic City Report, Legend of Korra podcast. I'm your host, Tim Bridgewater Bender. I just want to thank you guys for joining me once again. Uh, once again, uh, many apologies for the weird uploading schedule of these podcasts as I am trying to get caught up. And of course, you already know that Nickelodeon has been kind of airing uh two episodes a week three episodes it's kind of getting weird now and i think they're even going to continue to air two episodes a week so if they do that just remember here that i'm going to be recording a separate podcast for each episode so sometimes it's going to be a little difficult for me to get around to being able to watch two episodes of the show and then being able to record two 30 minute or so podcast episodes that actually, you know, kind of really explain and talk about everything that I really want to discuss without rushing them out. Because sometimes I want to take a little time and think about what I saw and and develop my theories and everything such as that. Uh, I want to take this time to remind my listeners that this is a listener feedback sort of a podcast. So I very much welcome your emails, your comments. Um, you can send me an email at republiccityreport at gmail.com. You can also go over to facebook.com slash republiccityreport. If you have any questions or theories that you want to pose, um, I will try to read your email on air and we'll, we can talk about it and you can get my opinions on it as well. With that being said, I'm recording this episode uh, the same day that I recorded the previous episode, because as I said, I'm trying to get caught up. So some of you may have not had a chance to listen to that previous episode before this one in order to get your emails in. Uh, actually, I do have one email, though, from a very loyal listener, Lauren. Lauren, thank you for emailing me once again. Lauren was able to get an email in before this new episode. So as promised, I'm going to read your email on air and I'm going to answer your questions. So for the rest of you. Uh, feel free to email me once again, RepublicCityReport at gmail.com. Um, once again, I still have yet to see the newest two episodes. So, um, well, by the time you hear this episode, I probably will have seen them. So if you want to go ahead and ask some questions about things that have happened in those episodes, meaning episodes four and five, you should be able to do so after this episode of this podcast has been released. So, um, once again, we're going to talk about this episode, which is, of course, episode three, The Earth Queen. Um, And then we're going to go into Lauren's email. I'm going to read it and talk about her theories and questions and everything like that. So let's get into it. Uh, So we're pretty much beginning off here with um, Team Avatar that basically... They're, they're approaching bossing say at this point because in the previous episode we know they they made it into earth kingdom they picked up kai they basically went on this sort of miniature journey to try to find other airbenders uh very little luck there um just a bunch of slammed doors basically but 
they were always their main destination was always Ba Sing Se because this is where they're getting the most reports of new airbenders popping up. So they want to go there, visit the Earth Queen, hopefully get some assistance and her helping them locate all these airbenders. So um, we get this really beautiful shot. And, and it's, a, it's a shot that I, you know, I had to watch it three or four times that when they finally cross the walls, the outer walls of Ba Sing Se, it's this big open establishing shot of it and it's just a beautiful shot and i've talked about this many many times in terms of this show the animation is just fantastic and and it's so beautiful and if if by some chance you're not able to watch the legend of core in high definition then you're not getting the full experience so please uh find a way because it's just it's just a beautiful beautiful show uh, in terms of colors and animation and, and everything like that. And that, that shot was just one of my, my favorites. But at that time, you know, it, 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 it's almost a sort of bittersweet because we get that moment and then immediately after that, we see the outermost ring of Ba Sing Se. And just like in typical legend, because these all of this stuff comes from legend, right? This is all history, philosophy, legend, myth. Usually when you have these walled-in cities... In stories, the outermost ring is going to be where your poorest people live, because that's just how it is, you know. And and the richest people live in the middle, because it's, that's the 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 quote unquote safest, you know. If there if there is a war and the walls are breached, the less fortunate people are going to be the first ones to go. I mean, it's just how it is. And then you're going to have your queen at the center. So as they they're in this airship and as they're flying over bossing, say you get to see a little bit of each ring and they're just kind of commenting on it. And the outermost ring is is really filthy and, you know, it's, it's very poor living conditions. And then the the middle ring gets a little bit better. And then, of course, the inner ring um, is where the uh, the queen is in the kingdom and everything like that. So that's a nice little transition we get in there because it's just kind of a reminder of bossing say once again bossing say played a pretty big role in airbender and it's 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 probably my favorite uh setting between both series um you know it just it's feel it feels so alive and there's such a culture there and everything and um you know it's a little bit more i don't want to say pleasant but it's just it's just different from looking at uh the air temple or the water temple and then and then seeing like you know, Earth Kingdom and Fire Nation, because those were the more modernized type of uh, nations. And it's just a different experience. And 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 honestly, I love the fact that it seems that most of this season is going to take place in Earth Kingdom because it's just a different setting than Republic City. Right. Um, you know, Republic City is very modernized and everything. But now we're seeing like um, the Earth Kingdom and it's just it was reminding us of Airbender more so because of the culture and the architecture and the design and everything. I, I just love how much detail they put in this show when it comes to that, you know, all the, they have their own type of clothing and, the, and, and it's just so much detail goes into this show. And this is part of the reason why I love it so much. So, of course, they get to uh, the destination. And through a couple of little funny events, we basically get, um, well, first of all, you know, we, they've already set the kind of precedent that the, the Earth Queen is going to be very difficult to deal with. We get, a, we get a little conversation between 
um, Tenzin and Korra that kind of give us that impression. So when we finally meet her, it's not really a surprise. She's very rude, very unpleasant, very loud uh, and, and everything like that. Just very mean. Uh, but at the same time, it, it, it's funny. So Korra is basically saying, OK, this is why we're here. Uh, I need your help with this. But in typical sort of, you know, monarchy like fashion, she's saying, OK, well, what are you going to do for me? And she's going on and on about how some people uh, are not paying their taxes. And she wants Cora being the avatar to go help her retrieve the taxes. Cora agrees because, well, she's there and she wants to find the airbenders. Now, meanwhile, the rest of Team Avatar has basically just kind of been let free and just, you know, just to go do their own thing while she takes care of that. And, you know, Kai ends up missing. I think Janora is the one that, that points it out because, well, I didn't mention this earlier, but, when we, you know, on the airship, there was a little moment there where um, Kai and Boomy were sparring and, uh, and, and Kai gets the best of Boomy and, you know, he kind of thanks Janora for her training and she kind of smiles. And this just kind of goes back to what we we're talking about last episode and, uh, and actually Lauren's previous email about, you know, Janora and Kai having something developed there. And, and, and yeah, it totally is going to happen. Uh, it's already happening. We can kind of see it through moments like that. And maybe in the end, she will be the one to completely, um, sort of help him turn over a new leaf uh so to speak in life and maybe use his airbending for for better reasons other than just kind of going around robbing people and stuff uh so we did get that uh which was cool so uh kai ends up going missing and uh you know, Mako didn't really trust Kai from the beginning, so he, he's been very suspicious. So Mako and Bolin spot him, you know, just pulling pulling a prank, uh, pulling a, a, a con um, to where he's going around and kind of using his newly found airbending abilities to make a sudden gust of wind appear. And <laughs> and these people, they don't know because, you know, not everyone knows that the airbending nation is basically been reborn thanks to harmonic convergence. So they're just thinking it's a gust of wind. But he's using that opportunity to basically steal jewels and steal wallets and everything like that. And Mako and Bolin see him. So they go to chase after him and he leaves. And it's kind of fun. I mean, you know, it's not it, it's not. uh at this point, it's still it's still kind of funny to watch it. It hasn't become tragic or anything yet. It hasn't become uh, you, you still at this point, you still don't dislike Kai. I still like Kai. He, he seems funny and he seems interesting. And and, you know, rest assured, he's going to learn a lesson as a result of this. But once again, everyone expect every character to learn some type of a lesson because this is book three change. Right. It's going to be some change here. And one thing that we were kind of hinted at about previously through, you know, sort of indirectly through Bolin was the fact that they would probably run into some family because this is where they are from originally. This is where their father is from. So uh, throughout their chase of Kai throughout Bossing Say, he ends up kind of tricking them and, and they end up getting trapped on this train that takes them all the way from the middle ring back to the outer ring or lower ring and upper ring. I'm not sure. I forget what, what they actually refer to it as, uh, but they kind of end up back out there in the slums and everything. And that's pretty much where their father was from. 
And then as a result of that, you know, these events kind of happen where they're looking for food and this funny little exchange happens at a fruit stand. They end up meeting a guy who ends up being their cousin and they see their uncle and they find out, wow, okay, you know, we just met some of our family here. And I'll come back to this in a moment. So now at the same time, once again, remember last episode, we saw Zuko, right? And he hopped on a dragon headed for the the water temple. So we basically get he and then Tunrock shows back up and we also get to see Eska and Desna once again, uh, which is just, <laughs> which was, uh, you know, I didn't realize how much I missed those guys until they showed back up. Um, because once again, you know, they have very strong reason to believe at this point that Zaheer is headed for this prisoner. Uh, because she's basically the last one on the list. And we find out that she uh, can create explosions with her mind, which Zuko himself reminds us he at one point during Airbender did hire an assassin with the same abilities to try and kill Aang. So if you remember that, you remember that there was this assassin. He didn't say anything. He just would show up and he tried to kill the Avatar like throughout different parts of the series um so apparently this lady has that ability which if you recall they had a lot of trouble defeating that assassin that is something that they struggled with so arguably she's going to be the most powerful one which is probably why they saved her for last and they're making such a big deal out of uh, you know stopping them from from getting her out so I'm looking forward to, to just seeing how all of this stuff plays out in terms of how they're all going to come together and try to defeat the Avatar for whatever reason. And that's a that's a question that I think I've posed before. Uh, and if you think you have a theory on it, send me an email at republiccityreport at gmail.com. What exactly is the goal here? All we know so far is that the Avatar is in danger. We don't know exactly why. We don't know exactly what the motivation is behind these criminals i mean i guess criminals only need one motivation is that they just want to you know they want to take something that other people has but you know this show is a little bit more deep than that so there's going to be some type of a tie-in to something that happened before the reasons why they're there because there's a lot of reasons to believe right now that zuko has something to do with uh, well, I mean, it's uh, they pretty much stated it, you know, at, le at least in the case of the the last uh, girl that's being kept in uh, the ice uh, is that, you know, because he he had that that prison built for her. So it's going to tie into probably Zuko and his relationship with Aang, and they probably had something to do with that. And since Korra is Aang's descendant and, you know, the reincarnated version of Aang. Uh, they're probably just going to take it out on her just to try to get some sort of revenge there. Now, meanwhile, um, Cora is now on her sort of side mission here to try and uh, retrieve this tax money for the Earth Queen. And Asami is tagging along with her, which I think is just great. I mean, you know, because I don't I don't think there was much in previous in the previous season of just Korra and Asami together doing things together. But now they're they're friends. They're like best friends because they've kind of bonded over this 
uh, thing with Mako. They both dated him and they can relate to that. So now they kind of use that as sort of something that ties them together. And, but what's really cool about it is that they're both really great warriors, fighters. And it's just cool to see them off doing something and they don't need a guy to be there. You know, they can handle these types of things on their own. So they're basically going down to where the money's being kept in this vault that has some royal guards there protecting it. But it's kind of one of those things. It's almost like an armored car going to a bank nowadays. You know, it's like you can't move that much money without proper security because there will be people waiting to come in and, and steal it or retrieve it or whatever. And that's exactly what happens. They try to go and get the money. These guys show up. Um, and we get this awesome fight sequence that happens. We get to see Asami at her best. We get to see Korra at her best. Some very well animated, well executed, um, well choreographed fight scenes as always on this show. Um, so we get to see that. But once again, you know, once it's all said and done, the, we get the last words from the guys. They're running away. It's, you know, that's that's not it's our money. It's not the queen's or something. And that kind of makes Cora second guess exactly what she's doing here, which I mean, you know, the writers are obviously setting up the Earth Queen to be, you know, pretty unscrupulous. So we have a lot of reason to believe that, you know, this she is being an unfair queen because they're not doing anything to to say otherwise so rest assured that there is some truth there and then all of the other stuff that she's doing secretly in the city too which we'll get into in a minute uh just just further uh just kind of you know cooperates that so that happens but you know she core basically did what she felt like she needed to do to get what she needed to get so they basically return to the queen and, you know, deliver the money and everything. And all of a sudden the queen is like, oh, yeah, uh, we we looked into it and there are no airbenders here. Um, which, you know, anyone who's picking up on all the little clues, you know, you know that she's lying about that. Because once again, the writers have set her up as someone who, uh, you know, you don't you wouldn't want to believe anything that they would tell you anyway. Of course, Cora being as short tempered as she is, gets very angry about it, you know, kind of storms out and saying, I will find the airbenders. You know, you just had me do this for nothing. And all of a sudden you're telling me that there are no airbenders here. Doesn't make sense. Now, meanwhile, over with Bolin and Mako, uh, they have been taken back. And this is probably my, my favorite element of this entire episode. And, and possibly the season thus far is that they are meeting their family because you if you know anything about Bolin and Mako, they were basically more or less orphaned at a young age and they had a really hard life. They grew up and they got into gangs and did things they shouldn't have done and all of that. So a part of the beauty of this show has been learning more about their history and their past. And now it seems like we're really getting into that because this is where their father is from. So their uncle and their cousin take them back to meet their grandmother and the and more of their family members, because once again, Bolin kind of made a little joke about it. You know, what if I run into our grandmother and they get to meet their grandmother? And it's just a beautiful moment there. Now, you know, I'm 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 expecting something bad to come of that. I mean, I, I really hope not. I really hope it's just like 
Here is a further attempt at establishing Bolin and Mako's character and their heritage and everything. And, and that'll lead to something interesting. I don't want any sort of bad twist to come along to where somebody is lying about. But I think they I think it's they pretty much laid the foundation down to where all of this is true. And they're not being deceived, you know, because later on, you know, their grandmother does show them a photo of which was very cool a photo of Bolin and Michael as little kids with their parents and everything and we we do get to kind of you know find out a little bit more about them because one of the questions I had early on in you know season one of the series was um you know the fact that Bolin and Michael were brothers but one was a firebender and the other was an earthbender I mean I don't think we had ever seen that before uh, in airbender so that was always interesting to me um, so I've always assumed that one of their parents was Fire Nation, the other was Earth Kingdom, and we get to find out exactly exactly that. Their father was Earth Kingdom, mother was Fire Nation. They had two kids, and one ended up being, uh, you know, one of each, which I guess you can't ask for much more than that. Uh, so that was just a beautiful moment, and we get a moment to where, you know, Mako gives the grandmother his scarf, uh, which is, I, I have a feeling he's going to get that scarf back. <laughs> because that, that scarf has just become so synonymous with Mako's character and what he wears and people cosplay it all the time. I, so expect him to get that scarf back before he leaves there. Uh, I don't think, you know, I don't think they're just going to start redesigning him to where he's not wearing that scarf. I mean, that just doesn't happen in animation. You know, these characters always wear the same thing. I mean, unless this, this, they're just going under the skies for one episode or something like that. But we do get all of that. And not only do we get that, uh, we we get an indication here because they mentioned, you know what? It's time for us to go. We have to go meet back up with Cora in the um, the upper ring uh, because we're helping her try to find airbenders. And here's where we get that first real indication here that there's something secretive and sinister going on here. And that is that there's a rumor that the Earth Queen is rounding up all of these new airbenders and just kind of taking them away and no one knows what's happening. So at this point, we're like, OK, well, this is where this story is going with the airbenders. Um, and then from what from that point on, it's pretty much just confirmed. Right. Because Kai is still out there and he's doing his thing. But, you know. He, he's basically been been figured out, you know, um, the Dai Li spots him. You remember the Dai Li from the original series? You know, there was all there was always something going on with the Dai Li. You could not go to Ba Sing Se and not have the Dai Li involved in some kind of secret underhanded sort of thing going on. But at the same time, I love the Dai Li because they're just like ninjas. But, you know, Earth Kingdom, you know, they'll just show up. And, sh and shadowy and you know when they're there that it's about to go down <laughs> so they were pretty much involved in that and we come to find out because they grab up Kai and take him to a jail and they throw him in there and they say you are now part of the first regiment of the Earth Queen's airbending army so wow you know all these airbenders that have been popping up in Bossing say are now being held captive to become some sort of a new airbending army for the Earth Queen. Now, once again, this is episode three. I know that there are two more episodes, so I'm sure this is going somewhere, but I'm obviously not talking about that yet because I haven't seen those episodes. But um, 
you know, rest assured that Core is going to have to rescue them or, or something like that. And I can't wait to see what happens to that and, uh, and, and why. So once again, if you have any questions or theories or anything about those events, something that you that hasn't been seen yet, that won't necessarily be a spoiler. Um, well, I'm, I'm sorry, actually, even if it is, it's OK, because because by the time most of you hear this episode, I will have watched uh, the most recent two and I will be caught up. So feel free to just email me anything that happens beyond that point. Um so, yeah, you can do that. RepublicCityReport at gmail.com. Once again, Facebook.com slash RepublicCityReport also. At this point, we're going to switch over to the email segment here. Uh, once again, email me RepublicCityReport at gmail.com. I know that it's still a little weird because you have to try to get your questions in before the next episode airs. And if they both air the same night, then that doesn't leave you with much room or time to spare to do so. But it's been working out so far. So just, you know, use your best judgment. And uh, even if you just want to make a comment on the show, if you're just enjoying listening to it and you don't have a specific question, I'll read those as well. You know, positive feedback is always great. And I very much appreciate it. Okay, so at this point, we're going to go into Lauren's email. Hey, Tim, Lauren here. I'm glad you're doing well. I just listened to your latest podcast for the Earth Queen. Uh, Lauren, you meant Rebirth is the one you just listened to because this one that I'm recording now is the Earth Queen. (laughs) Sorry, that may be my fault. I may have actually said the Earth Queen on the last episode as a mistake because, you know, I'm just trying to remember a lot here so uh yeah this episode is earth queen last one was rebirth but thank you anyway it was awesome thank you so much for reading my email on the show sorry for the spoiler um pertaining to core's kidnapping oh that's okay i mean you know i know that there's a huge risk that i take doing this podcast and sometimes i'm behind so it's totally fine Uh, i really hope senna's in an episode in in episode nine or ten at least I honestly can't wait for episodes 8 and 9. I was just wondering if we'll ever see a flashback episode that tells how Senna and Tonrock met. I would really love seeing that. I know there are a lot of fanfic being written about it. I'm writing one myself called Healing with Love. Senrock, <laughs> nice, is my favorite canon pairing on Legend of Korra. If we did get an episode like that in the future, would it be a storyline you'd be interested in seeing? I can definitely see Senna telling Korra the story one night when she can't sleep after the events of book three, whatever the finale would be about. My other question was about Boomy. Do you think he'll be more involved in the fighting aspect for book three now that he has airbending? Thanks for reading my email. I recommended your podcast to my friend Kim, who is a huge Korra fan. Lauren, as always, thank you so much. And thank you so much for recommending the podcast. I want to remind all of you guys that if you happen to have any friends that listens and uh, I'm sorry, that watches The Legend of Korra about this podcast, I try to keep it pretty short, 30 minutes. So, you know, if you're just on a car ride to work or something like that, you can probably knock it out. Um, But, you know, basically for fans, you know, I'm trying to get more people to listen and uh so far, I've got some I've got I'm getting lots of good feedback. So the, the more, the better. And once again, you can always feel free to give me a, a good rating on iTunes or anything like that. And that'll just help me get more listeners and more content for you guys. So let's see if we can break your email apart here. Um, once again, sure, I, I, I definitely think there's a possibility we'll see center this episode. Um, I'm not sure why you hope she shows up more so in episode nine and 10. Um, 
Is that because typically that's kind of where the somewhere around those episodes is where something really big happens. There's there's a big shift uh, that something that's going to lead us into the the finale. Right. Because these there's a structure to these seasons. You know, you you build up, you have some big thing in the middle and then you go to your conclusion. Uh, So around that time, expect there to be some type of a shift, something that ups the stakes for the characters in the show. So. If that's why you're thinking she would hoping she would show up around that time, that would that would be a good a good place for it. And honestly, that'll be here before we know it, especially if they're going to be showing two episodes a week. I mean, this will be the shortest season ever, you know, unless they take some sort of a month break somewhere for some reason, as a lot of shows do. So we can definitely see that. Um, I didn't realize there was fan fiction being written about those two and their and their and their story. Um and if you're going to write it, I would love to read it. So, of course, you know, feel free to send it to me. We can talk about it on the podcast even a little bit um, because I am interested in seeing a little bit more about those guys. Um, do I think we'll see a flashback episode, though? Uh, I have to say, I don't I don't think we will. Um, I just I, right now, it's just hard for me to really envision a reason why they would show that um, these characters are not that big in terms of what's happening. I mean, we we see we're seeing more of Tunrock now because of this prisoner that's being kept in the in the water temple. However, when she escapes and gets away, I don't know how much more we'll see of Tunrock at that point. Thus, we probably won't see much of Senna. I mean, basically all of book two, for the most part, took place in in the water temple in the water tribe. Uh, most of it. So, you know, we saw a lot of the water tribe thanks to Unalak and everything that was going on with him. So I just don't, I just don't really see them including much of that. Now I think this season is much more about earth kingdom. So, you know, expect, expect to see more of those characters, um, and, and, and that culture and everything. So I'm not, I'm not really seeing them doing a flashback episode. I mean, it'd be nice to see that as sort of a spinoff sort of thing, but unless they can find a way to tie that in, to something that's going on now, like maybe, for instance, uh, Senna and Tunrock um, knew Zahir years ago. And, you know, maybe he was in love with her or, you know, I mean, and, and not only that. And when I say he in love, was in love, with her, I mean, like maybe maybe Zahir was in love with Senna or something. And, you know, like there has to be a reason why if they were going to do a flashback episode would have to turn somehow. Um, matter to what's going on right now in the story so if they did something like that that may be cool and not only that it would kind of give it would kind of explain why Zahir wants to kill Korra to some extent because maybe he's just jealous because he because because Korra is the product of his former love and her new man. I mean, this is all just speculation. You know, I'm just trying to give an example of how of the type of thing that I think would need to be present in order for them to have an episode dedicated to them having a flashback about it. Uh, other than that, I don't really see it happening. Um, but I'm glad you're, you're such a huge fan of them. Uh, that's great. So let's see. Um, your other question was about Boomy. Do you think that he'll be more involved in a fighting aspect of book three now that he has airbending? Of course. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, you know, Boomy's kind of been in, in his own way. He's done some very cool things. 
uh, how he's just kind of been indirectly responsible in some ways for playing pretty big roles in some of these battles. But um, if they're going to give him airbending, I don't see why they wouldn't necessarily utilize it in some sort of a fight scenario. Um, of course, I don't you know, we don't know how much time is going to pass between these next couple episodes. I mean, they could jump ahead four months for some reason. And maybe the, by then he's got airbending mastered and he can really hold his own in a fight. Um, but, yeah, I totally see them utilizing that. I mean, he, here's what I'm kind of thinking is going to happen. And of course, this is this is without me having seen uh, episodes four and five yet. That, you know, Korra is going to going to free all these prisoners from Bossing Se prison, the airbenders, and they're all going to go back to Air Temple Island and they're all going to, you know, master airbending because they because there's going to be a bigger reason why they need to, because so far it's been very hard to convince these people to do it. So expect there to be something, a new threat or a bigger threat to develop that sort of forces them to have to learn because it'll be one of these things to where only airbenders can really uh, can can really, you know, do anything about it. So once that happens, then we'll have Korra and Tenzin and maybe Janora uh, training all of them and Boomy will be right there front and center because you know unlike everyone else Boomy has always wanted to be a bender because we've talked about this before you know he was the only non-bender in his family in his immediate family so now that he is expect him to try even more uh, hard than he than he may have done otherwise and as a result of that we're probably going to get a pretty good warrior out of, out of Boomy and I totally expect him to be involved in the fights from now on so, Lauren, thank you once again for your email um, and thank you for recommending the podcast to your friend. I hope she enjoys it and she can email me as well um, whenever she is free to. So at this point, I think that's about it for this episode. Uh, once again, feel free to email me at republiccityreport at gmail.com. If you have any questions or theories that you want to pose about what's going to happen for the rest of the season, it's going to be very interesting to see how all of this plays out, especially with uh, multiple episodes airing per week and everything like that uh, head over to Republic City Report uh, on Facebook uh, you can find me on iTunes as well as Stitcher.com you can head over to AwesomePods P-O-D-S dot com if you want to see the other podcasts that we have I do another podcast called Geekly Dose we just talk about geek stuff and movies, games, comic books, all that kind of stuff I never mentioned this before but that, that podcast is uh, explicit this is basically a, a you know a a family podcast because a lot of families a lot of different ages uh listen watch the legend of course so i we i make sure it stays that sort of you know language uh on Ge geekly dose is not really like that because it's usually like three of us and you know we don't go out of our way to use profanity or, or anything like that but sometimes it does happen so just take that into consideration before you switch over to that uh so i think that's about it for now guys so uh, i'll be back really soon with two more episodes that will cover the next two episodes episodes four and five legend of core i promise you they will both be up before next week so that way you can be completely caught up on the podcast and we can be caught up together and you can get your emails in and we can kind of talk about these things as they develop instead of me being behind like i am right now so um i think that's about it for this episode guys so until next time for republic city report i'm tim bridgewater bender and i'll see you guys next time
this show and more on facebook.com slash awesomepods. And follow us on Twitter at awesomepods. <laughs> <laughs>